at the same time. I know. It's about time we got on the same page. You owe me a soda. Oh, damn. Is that real wood? Nah, it's not. <laughs> but you also don't owe me a real soda. You know I don't drink that shit. Yeah. That shit is terrible. I drank it on Saturday. I drank it. Soda? The, yeah. I yeah. drank it at the party, the, the the epic art party. Yeah. Paid three dollars for it. You paid three dollars for soda? Just three dollars for a cup of soda, man. You should just put like two dollars in the tip jar, nigga. Just fuck that. I didn't even there wasn't even a tip jar. There I gave was. it to the girl and there was. Really? Yeah, because when I had like my thirty minutes on the thing, Bernie was like, "Yeah, you could take your tips." I was like, "Okay, boss." Tips. All right. I made like five dollars. <laughs> you made five dollars. I made Look like at a chop. Made like a chopped cheese Look after. Look at you, bro, out here getting tips, man. Yeah, it's whatever. Shout out to Magic Carlos over here. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm spinning the bottles in one hand. <laughs> um, but we are officially back. You tip that five dollars, I bring it out with the sparklers and shit like that. <laughs> Episode 97 of the Two Belts Podcast. We're getting closer to Two Belts 100. Mm-hmm. Still 100. Still don't have a clear, definitive idea of what we're doing, but we're getting there. Got a couple. Um, We got we got a guest in the building, too. Mm-hmm. Shout, out to, shout out to Lono Bristol out Yo. here. Yo. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Um... I don't know. What's By the way, I'm the I'm the one that was in charge of that. I charged you three dollars. Oh really? Yeah, he, he was his people was at the bar. Really? Yeah. Right. I so, feel like I robbed you. A little bit. It's whatever. It's whatever. Bit. I hope it goes towards funding the next album or project and yeah, things like that. Of course. Um. <laughs> so, um, over the past couple of days, the reason why Lionel Bristol is here is because over the past couple of days, it's been like. What he had the album release slash epic art party, mm-hmm. the collaboration between Little Bristol's inauguration day release, which mm-hmm. is his new EP out now, and um, the epic art, Bear Canvas Sounds epic art party four, mm-hmm. and it's that our was fourth a, venture, yes. the epic art party. Um, and then just yesterday, it was your birthday. Happy birthday, bro! Thank you, thank you. Happy thank birthday! You. you made it another year on this earth. Another year, man. And now today is inauguration day, or is like you know everyone likes to call it doomsday. Yeah, doomsday. word. D-day. Twitter's panicking. Twitter's wilding out. <laughs> Satanists are panicking. I didn't go on Twitter all today because of today. I um, did not. I did not. It's it was. So here's the thing about Twitter in terms of just inauguration day, election thing. Or just any Twitter big thing. event where they any just big don't o- like. It's just like a roasting. Like, I don't get the actual. I get actual news from Twitter, and at the same time, I can get hilarious shit that's cutting people's ass. Twitter like is literally like the locker room or the lunch table yeah, on steroids. It's like the memes all day. So mm-hmm. I didn't expect anything like. Like, of course, there was that point. There was some point one day where I was like, yo, this, this dude really are. <laughs> he really are president. Like, he. He got sworn in, and every, real, we had, like, two months to do something, and nothing happened. Yep. <laughs> like, there was an election, and people voted, and he won. They ain't try because it's, like, people on top sort of know how to work with a nigga like that. Like, if I a nigga's, guess. like, sort of a puppet or a figurehead or just a plain old dickhead, they, they know how to work that I sort guess. of government. So they're not scared or anything. Right. So like, rich people go and stay rich. That's it. Like when I when I realized that Snoop Dogg, you seen the picture he posted yesterday no, I with didn't. the cracker and the peanut butter on top of the cracker, <laughs> and he was like, "Yo, this is our new president." Starting Jesus today. Christ! That's what I was like, "Yo, all right, this is our new president." This is it's. I mean, it's here now. It's no more president elect. He's President Donald Trump, which is which is crazy to say, mm-hmm. but it is what it. I feel like, and at some point, like. In terms of just like how I felt at the election day, the day after election day, which mm-hmm. is like probably one of the most grimmest days. Like mm-hmm. my mom called out of work that day. Really? Yeah, she didn't go to work. She went to the she election to day to was Broadway. my birthday, my nigga. <laughs> oh, that's terrible, <laughs> <laughs> nigga. Between me and people that have their birthday like today, I think we had like the worst shitty. Yeah, like, I think it's just I picked I picked up towards the end of the day, but the beginning of the day, I was just like it just it wasn't working, man. Train was quiet. Everyone looked like every just. Someone just had been shot or just, like, it was just crazy. But now I'm just, like, I never, I feel like, not that it doesn't affect me, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's, like, it can't stop my day-to-day of what Absolutely. I'm doing Absolutely. and how shit um, gets done. Like, it's going to affect me some way. This probably, he's probably going to reenact Stop and Frisk. Yeah. He's probably going to reenact. He's probably going to take away people's health care. He's yep. probably going to take away the people's right for abortion. He's probably um, going to tell gays, chill out with all that mess. Um, but he's going to... I'm more scared of Pence, actually. You yeah. Know? Pence is, yeah, he's Pence, the more th- diabolical... I think, mm-hmm. Yeah, he like. I think he's the final boss. Like, he, he literally, like, the most evil... Like He's the final boss. Like, You're, it's Dick Cheney all over again. You ever it's seen like Luke Cage? Possible no, I never Did you see Luke Cage on Netflix? Yeah, I've seen it. He's, like, the guy who kills the actual bad guy. Like... 
What's his face? No, he's like the lady that kills. What's his face? Far, uh, oh, fucking forget her name too. But she's far more. The mayor, evil. yeah, the yeah. mayor who's ended up being far more evil than the actual like. Damn, I'm I'm wild spoiling this for you. By the way, you should watch this. <laughs> and it, this is actually don't even watch it anymore because I just gave away like a critical plot point of the series. Yo, I, that doesn't bother me. That's not mm. where it ends. <laughs> Luckily, it's not where it ends. But all right. There's more to watch afterwards? There's more to watch. Right. There's at least six more episodes after that happens. Cool. Um, but it's just, I don't know. Pence, he, first of all, he looks scary. Yo, this dude, wow, he said he believes in, like, electrocuting gay people to get them to stop being gay, something like that. Yeah, he's that fucking wild. wild. Like, he really believes all that crazy... Trump, I don't know if Trump believes all that I don't think he shit. believes in yeah, any of that shit, and he doesn't care win, about it. Yeah, and he's he gonna, doesn't even know what he's doing. He's yeah. still, he still 100% doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't, he doesn't, he but he's, doesn't. I think he just enjoys the power and, like, the celebrity that comes with being involved in politics. He is going to... I feel like in four years, people are still going to hate him, but he's going to get his props for completely winging this entire election by saying, like, we're going to do great things. <laughs> it's going to be the best things that has ever happened in life. You know, we're replacing Obamacare with something way better. What is it better? Don't worry about it. It's just going to be better. Bigger. It's, it's bigger, better. Bigger, better. You know, um, all that. Um, it's going to be more exciting. We're going to do things that we've never done before as a country or things that we used to do before. He said something like, we're going to use to, we're going to do things that we haven't done in years. We're going to bring them back. I'm like... Is he bringing back, like, Jim Crow or something? Yeah, no, like, oh, um, He's gonna be like, All right, indentured so, servitude is back. Yeah, We're he, not doing full slavery, guys. Full slavery is just crazy. He's just crazy. Endangered, indentured servitude, ho. One oh. notch lower. Yeah, you know, you're going to all be serfs. He's going to bring back Jim Crow. And We're not going like, to let you guys learn how to read. Since black lives matter, you guys have your own things that matter, and we have our own things that matter, so no one gets confused about what matters and what doesn't matter. Like His whole platform on race relations will be based on black and white cookies. The like, we have to be, like, black and white cookies. You need to be like black and white cookies. See? The, the blacks. Look to know. the cookie. Look to the cookie, Look America. Look to the cookie. Mm. And he like bites one and just yeah. Mm, mm, one mm. Yes. Um, Taste biracial. But it, <laughs> but it is what it is. It's just, you know, we're here. It's going to be it's, it's January 20th today. It's mm-hmm. going to be January 21st tomorrow. We just really got to continue our lives and do what we got to do. Music's still going to come day. out. It's it. We still... That's the thing about the arts. Like, if you look historically on the worst times politically, it's a great time for the arts to flourish mm-hmm. because there's that need for that. There's that need for escape and expression and things like that. So I think I look forward to it in an artistic standpoint, but I don't look for it in, like, the, the political landscape. Nah, like, it's going to be a very shitty, economic rocky... Economic landscape. Yeah, because it's like, the way politics moves is very shifty, and the way the news and, like, other outlets report the news is very shifty. Like, it's not 100% of the truth, and it's not, like, as much as, thing, as, much as things that scratch the, you know... I feel like comedy is going to go to a boom, because Yo. this nigga's just material oh, yeah. for years, bro. Yo, he's perfect for impersonations. He's, Anyone can do it. He's just material he's, for years. Like, even D- every day I watch um, Jesus and Mero on Viceland, mm-hmm. and every day they start out with something about Trump... And it's just like material for it's guaranteed material every day of just funny shit that happens. And it don't get old. It don't get old either because he's just a wild, just a big personality, kind of a scumbag, does funny things like, you know, all this other shit. So it, it is what it is. Um, I don't know. He's our say. president. He's man. our president. <laughs> Shout out to Barry and Michelle, who's just like, who dipped today. They literally. Got in the chopper today and just like dipped and I like one tear rolled down the side of my cheek because he was just it's like yo we're actually gone they were there to receive the president for the inauguration. It was blood pressure finally gonna go back to normal. Like I just feel like he been going through hell. Obama. Obama. I can just imagine. Probably. <laughs> he went on a lengthy vacation. But I feel like at some point it's like. I feel like, so I've always been to the idea that people of color and black people are just sort of used to this sort of turmoil and mm-hmm. things like that. Like, this really, it affects us, but at the same time, it don't affect us. Because mm-hmm. we're used to going through the worst and coming out the other side. Mm-hmm. We're used to sort of uh, getting this, everything that's sort of come to us, whether it's good or bad, and sort of becoming stronger, becoming more persevered, and becoming humility and everything that goes into it, and just becoming stronger. So I feel like... He definitely had a lot of challenges coming his way, but he, at the same time, he's just like, all right, this is how we tackle it, this is how we move forward, blah, blah, blah. But I know he's going to be like, yo, that fucking... I know he's secretly going to go in a room, probably light up something. He's just like, I've been waiting waiting eight years for this. First of all, you... 
as it, I know he smokes blunts. Obama, yeah, he seen his lips from when he first got there. <laughs> yeah, to like I know he smokes blunts. Like the presidential backwoods be crazy, nigga. Yo, his lips when he first got there to afterwards. Pause. Like you can see. <laughs> like you dog. know, in the Lincoln bedroom, he got the like the little <laughs> nightstand with the little raw tray, right? With, like the weed broken up on it. <laughs> Michelle, get the Duchess. <laughs> but he said she hated that he smoked cigarettes and shit. Well, I hate she probably hate that shit too. But she know she probably smoked the blunt with him. <laughs> I don't know. Like I feel like like when the when the dude smokes weed, the girl gotta smoke weed. Almost know. has to. And Almost. then and it's like he always it's always like a convincing process. Like yo, you, you stress too. You stress yeah. too. <laughs> yo, smoke this. I don't know, man. Huh? I know how you convince her. What is this? <laughs> Presidential pipe, nigga. <laughs> Um, so let's transition from this into, I guess, because there's not, there's, uh, honestly, there's, there hasn't been a sort of a lot of news this week. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't even been a lot of music that's been released this week. Um, so let's get into the, something that Bristol is pretty, pretty good in sort of talking about. And that's, that, that's the basketball talk. Oh, the landscape of the basketball talk. Because Bristol is key, key. King, King, I told you. King, I told you. King, I told you. King, I told you, bro. King, I told you. Yo, any status during, like, yo, as soon as October, like, the end of October starts to when, like, when it's, like, fucking what? Like, going into the summer and it's the finals and shit like that. This nigga will be like, I told you that I told Marcus, you. I told you that. Russell Westbrook, I, I told, told you, you that I've been saying. Been saying. Yo, the beauty about social media, you could go back and like. Of see course. It. So he pulled up something on me from a while back where I was like, he said something recently. What was Milwaukee about? Bucks. I was Milwaukee like, Bucks. I was talking about the for Man Long. I was like, yo. See? They, 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 they nice. They nice. <laughs> That's they nice. He pulled it up. He pulled it up. I gave him that. I was like, okay. All right. All right. You know what's crazy? The person that co- co- gone, yo, he hates me for the same shit. Because it, it's so often, bro. I'm like, you cannot have said any everything at some point. Y'all be wrong. I just don't be talking about it. <laughs> That's real. I just be talking about it. Oh man, so, I'm wrong most of the time. Yo, why do the Knicks suck, bro? Yo, honestly, they got two issues. They gotta put. They gotta put. Porz- Actually, they started doing it. That's why they're playing better now. Right. Porzingis gotta be the center. Sure. Cause Melo is better at the four. Mm-hmm. And then, cause Derrick Rose needs the ball in his hand. Right. But and he needs spacing. But the only way Melo's gonna get space with Derrick Rose having the ball is as if he's at the four. Mm-hmm. And then Porzingis is b- no center could guard Porzingis. So I think that's the best fit for everyone is right. him playing the five, Melo at the four. The problem is I don't like Jennings as a starter. So you got to find someone to start along. I don't think they like Jennings as a Me neither. Either. So you got to find someone to start along and replace to play the three. I don't like Lance Thomas. I don't like Lance Thomas either, bro. Yeah, I, I feel like, like I respect his hard work. Me too. In terms of just like doing everything he's got to do because he was on a 10-day contract. Mm-hmm. He managed to get, you know, full-time status. He got a contract and things like that. But I'm just like, bro, every time... It's a missed opportunity every time you're on the court. Yeah, like he's mad tall and he don't get no rebounds. I'm like, yo, you six eight for what reason, bro? Like, I I think he's he plays hard, but at the same time, I think he's lazy. Yeah. What's the second reason? Why do they suck? Why do they suck so bad? Because uh, this is breaking. It's not breaking my heart because, as a Knicks fan, Phil Jackson, I think, kind of messed things up when he started opening his mouth about he's winning, and then the minute he opened up about Melo and had him talking about Melo shooting the ball too much and stuff. They started focusing on other things. Right. You were all right for the beginning. You, they were, yeah, yeah, one they day were, we'd be in eighth place, the next day we're in second or th- I mean, third. third. I was like, yo, it's cool. I was like, we, I was like we wow, this is crazy. Yeah, we got, some, we, got, we got enough room to fall where we can still be like, all right, we're in the top ten. But then the Christmas day, after <sighs> Christmas day, was like, hell, bro. That, Dog, that Boston was, fucking. Mm. I'm glad we beat them because they started this shit, bro. They really did. But we haven't, we, we haven't after last night's... Uh, Lost the who do lose? Yeah, that was bad. Courtney Lee messed up too. Courtney Lee messed up. The, the play before Melo messed up too. too. He shut up. He shut up. Got like a pick and roll or something. Something along those lines. Yeah. I was just like, but man, the Knicks are just gonna. Are they gonna just suck forever? Bro? I think we are making a playoff somehow. I think somehow we're gonna make a playoffs. I don't. They know gotta. What, they gotta go and strategize better about yeah. um, placement and who they spend their money on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Joe King. No, I like Joe King. No, but. We should have never got him because we had Porzingis. That was a waste of trade. Mm-hmm. When we got rid of Lopez, we should have never got. Nah, I don't yeah. think we should have got rid of Lopez either. We should have kept, kept, kept him off the bench. Right. Like, he's less money too, but it's whatever, man. We should have got rid of Dolan, but. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> that soon come. He gonna fi- come. He can fire everybody. That's the boss. That's very true. But it's a. Uh, um, and then we have 
Russell Westbrook not starting at the All Star game, man. Is that a tra- as much of a travesty as everyone believes it is? It is. I, I think up. it is fucked up. Yeah, I think it it's fucked. Yeah, everyone is in a triple double, but I feel like his team is even that bad. They're... His team isn't that bad. They're they're a lot better because of him. Mm-hmm. But his team isn't that bad. But I feel like the reason he is scoring a triple double is because he's putting it. He himself is like the team. He is the team. He is the team in terms of just like he's out there assisting, scoring, rebounding, everything. He's he's trying to be the one man team. He's trying to be him, Harden, and in um what? and Durant and Durant all, all at once. Look, Karen and that's essentially what he's trying to be, and it's great. It's admirable. I'm 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 looking at him. I'm like this dude is gonna explode eventually, like in terms of just. Endurance. Yeah. If I'm him, I'm not passing the ball in an All Star game. Once they put me in, I'm not passing. Oh the nah, ball. man. Yeah, I'm going all. I'm gonna throwing it off the backboard in my own alley, I'm nigga. Balling. Like, fuck out of here. Like, I'm gonna get a triple double in the All Star game, actually. If I'm him, and just that's what, wild. They're gonna put him and Durant on the court together. I'm waiting for that. Him, Durant, Curry. You think they really don't like each other? Um. Yes. I think there's like a level of static. At this me too. Point. I think they're static. That's a perfect word. I think they're static. I won't say they don't like each other. But as men, they don't want to go to the lengths of just like. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's like a, I, th- I don't think it's like a Kobe Shaq thing, mm-hmm. where it's like they legit got friction because they're on the same team and they're both like, sort of intersecting yeah. in a way, and it's just more friction because they're both really good on the same team, have different ideals, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's more so the same feeling that everybody's feeling, mm. that they were so close. And he went to the team And that he beat went to you. the team that beat them. And they had a chance. I mean, they didn't close it out. That's on them. But they had a chance. They knew their potential. Like, all right, if mm-hmm. this is our potential, they nearly defeat, toppled the 73-9 um, Golden State Six, Warriors. Well, they- got me more mad about it. I can understand. Like, it's not like the LeBron situation where, like, he was playing mad good, and you could tell his team was just trash in Cleveland. He had to leave. Right. Durant played tra- – he, like, he's part of the reason they didn't win the series. Like, he played trash. It right. Was three games. And you left and went to the team. I mean, if I, I would think that's like like someone was scheming on me if I was Westbrook. I would feel like someone schemed on me. He like, probably – nah, I feel like he, he might be thinking that. Who knows? I, th- I don't think we'll know until – much farther down. Yeah, probably like 20, 30 years when these dudes is mad old. Like right. Isaiah Thomas be talking now about <laughs> like Michael Jordan and shit. This is, this is bum ass. How they hated Scottie Pippen. Like. <laughs> 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 He's mad disrespectful to Scottie Pippen. You ever yeah. seen him talk about him? Who? Isaiah Thomas. No, I haven't. He was like, yo, Michael Jordan could talk trash about me, but Scottie Pippen? Who are you? Like, don't talk about uh, me. Like, you're nobody. <laughs> shout out to Michael Jordan leading the league in retirements. <laughs> 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 um, wow, he retired three times. <laughs> like two or three, at least. It had to be three times. Um, Niggas like the Jay Z of like basketball <laughs> retirements. Jesus Christ! All right, so and, and then I have, well, I have, a, I have a final question, but I may have a question after this. Is there anything that can happen in the league that would prevent another Cavs Warriors final? Um, do you think that Golden State? Could somehow not that, make that's the what finals. Gonna, that's where the change would happen. It wouldn't happen. In it wouldn't happen in the East because yeah. the East is kind of trash. I'll be honest. With you. Actually, 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 it could happen in the East, but that might be my New York Knicks bias. But I think mm-hmm. talent-wise, with players, the Knicks the only team that if like if, if every team played to their fullest, like right, right. In the East, I think the Knicks are the only team that could. Because I feel like with. the season playing versus playoff playing is the mm-hmm. two different types of play. Yeah, and I think the Knicks really could cause some issues in the East. But I think with the West. At first, it was the Clippers, but now they hurt again. Right. Um, the Spurs, I just don't know about Leonard. I don't know how that team is. They don't look – they don't give me the same Spurs vibe, even though they're winning. Right. But I mean, I think, I think they're St- a great season team, mm-hmm. but in terms of finals, it's just like – or the playoffs, it's just like they haven't been able to just reach there. Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know how long Durant in a, in a seven-game series, how much Durant and Dream could take. Constantly having to play people like thirty pounds bigger than them and right. four feet taller than them. That's gonna be hard because they're gonna they they're literally gonna be playing against people way bigger than them, throwing mm-hmm. their body. And in the playoffs, they don't call fouls as much. 
Yeah. That's a whole different game. That's how OKC almost beat them. It was a different game. They were just throwing their bodies at them the whole time. But do you think there's a there's a team that can sort of rival Golden State? What do you think about the Houston Rockets? Oh, no, no. Houston Rockets got no chance. Houston Rockets played the same way as Golden State. They're just not as talented. Mm. I think you have to play a completely different way as them because you can't beat them with talent. Mm-hmm. Is there any sort of wild card team you could see? Is there any team you could see that would beat the Cavaliers? Memphis, I could see giving... Um, Golden State trouble, right? Could, and, and like they had to go through a, a seven game, four game series, seven, whatever. Mm-hmm. I could see Memphis giving them a lot of trouble. Any for the Cavs, anything that you could see, pen, like I feel like the Knicks decided to put Joakim Noah off the bench. Mm-hmm. Then, then I think the Knicks. I feel like that's just our Knicks hope talking because it's, it's, <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you, I'm like I'm not over the Knicks, but I'm just like I've been here before. If it's if it's not the Knicks, I would go with. There's two other teams. I would go. I don't like Toronto. Toronto don't match up. No, Toronto is just. Mm-hmm. They're would, not a factor. I would go with another team I like, which is Milwaukee, and then um. Milwaukee Bucks. And yeah. then Boston. I think Milwaukee because Milwaukee that they have all these long players. Boston is. They're good, but they're not like. That good. They run like a good. They run like a machine. They're right. Like a machine. They just run very good. Everything just goes properly. But they're not that. They're not good. that talented. Nah. It's like. It's like, and I listen to a lot of Bill Simmons podcasts, mm-hmm. and the one thing he says is like, if you don't have one of the top players in the league on your team, you're pretty much not even. You're not even in contention yeah, for the final. Definitely. Yeah. Like, and I don't know Isaiah Thompson's that player. I like him, but I don't know if he's top five. Nah, I don't Maybe think top five. Nah. Um, what did I have? What else do I have to ask? Um, yo, what happened with the Timberwolves, man? Yo, that's they were that's, supposed to be the young. They were supposed to be the young, fresh upstart, like you know, renegade team. Now I'm gonna do it. I told you so. I'm gonna do the. I told you I'm so. Do the. Do the. I told you so. I told you. Yeah, I mean, I, I picked. I thought Milwaukee would have a better year than Minnesota this year. Honestly, because I thought Minnesota, I feel like Minnesota got too much players. When you got so much young players, first of all, they're playing for their contract and they're playing for their name. Right. It's like they even get to prove themselves here. They got like six players right. that all could be a, a star on another team. Right. And I think probably at the end of the season, they got to trade like two or three. Yeah, they, they definitely are. Like it's it, that that team is going to, because especially the way it's going, it's not really going to hold up. Um, and. What about Joel Embiid on the? F- I like him a lot. I, I think that's why I used to say. That's why I used to take. You know, people say Anthony Davis. He needs to get off that team. Right. I, that's why I be like they gotta stop doing that because I feel like when you're really good, your team starts to play better. Right. Philadelphia is winning games now. Yeah. And you can see it. They're not even the last anymore. They're not even last anymore. Who's last? Not Knicks, right? Nets. Oh, they think that. Thank I God. Think. No, Knicks is. <laughs> we suck, but we. <laughs> We're not Nets suck, man. I don't know what's wrong with the Nets, but I don't know who's on the Nets. I know the Nets have all, all their draft picks go to Boston. Ugh. So they, like, for the next they two, three years, they're, they're screwed over. They don't Jeremy Lin's on that team just, like, bumming it up. Bumming it up. He, I think he's injured. Tail. I think he's just, like, chilling with his little, like, fucking, I don't know what he got on his head. Like <laughs> The sloppy bun? Yeah, it's... Everyone's just chilling on that team. I don't know. They're coasting. Yo, they giving out tickets over there for like two, for fifty. Two tickets for fifty dollars. I'm waiting for the next play. Like and then behind, go. Yo, they had the lady came to my job with the, like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Two for fifty. You sit right behind the bad boy. Like that's Damn, a great that's a good. That's a great ticket. What? Mm-hmm. To see your ass, you see your team get the ass <laughs> bust. That's good to see. So. Boston. I mean, Brooklyn was in the game until like like the fourth quarter too. Huh. I didn't go. I should have went. I didn't go because I thought it was gonna be a blowout. I haven't. I have yet to go to a Knicks game, just cause how crazy fucking expensive that shit is. Like, I want to go, but that shit is wild expensive. Yeah, I would go now, man. Why are they losing? Why are they losing? Yeah, why are they losing? I would go buy yourself with somebody. I don't know. We'll we'll see what's happened with it. You know, that was a basketball talk, bro. Some fed up Knicks fan. Um, the the news on Twitter this week, the mm-hmm. the big discussion on Twitter, the big debate that's been going around. You talking about Nelly? It's the Nelly versus Drake debate. <laughs> mm. Who was more popular in their prime, bro? Who was the man in their prime, Nelly or Drake? It's hard. Why do people do this? Cause it's like it's like in this ten year span, technology and music technology is different. I need a like, breakdown of like stats and like heights and weights and accomplishments. Where did this come from? Like the the celebrity deathmatch breakdown. Yeah, like that, that whole chart. The tale of the tape, it. my G. Like 
all that shit, number of Grammys, number like of parallel. albums sold, and it's it's really not parallel. Signature ammo and signature signature fucking album. Like you got country grammar, and then they got fucking take care or some shit care. like that. No, it's probably no, it's, it's actually same. views probably views right now. views are nothing with the same. No, I think it's it's yeah, I think it's signature is probably views right now. It's not take care anymore. Like views is his like quintessential. Got nominated for album of the year. Not just that; it was Mad Shades of Drake. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. It was like different levels of Drake. Where are you at on this, Bristol? Yo, man, I stayed away from the argument. I think that argument is stupid. It's, yeah, I think it's very head ass of niggas. Somebody really made a stretch. Like that was a stretch. I feel all right. So who do you, who do you think though? Like, I mean, it's I, not an argument, <laughs> but like just like who do you th- what do you have to say? There is no compa- Drake. J- Nelly was his own monster. Drake is his own monster. But I don't think... Drake also rules his era. That's the thing. Yeah. You can't, you and can't... Nelly didn't. Nelly, Nelly never didn't. did. Nelly wasn't like the nigga that I go to when I think of like oh. that era. Even music. He, he was quite frankly, and I'll say this, Nelly was, and, you know, you get to a certain amount of fame, you're going to be on a certain you know, type of radio, but he mm-hmm. was a pop star. Mm-hmm. He's more comparable to me, to Flo Rida, than he is to Drake. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Flo Rida to the extent where he's just blatantly making music, but dog, you look at his list. After like the first album, he just really got straight. It was like Hot and Her was a big pop smash. It was kind of, it was still very hip hop, but it was also pop. And then Dilemma, Dilemma. Mm-hmm. ended up being crossover. But then he started making songs with Christina Aguilera, Tim McGraw, Tim McGraw and just making very. Hey, yo, that's like my mom's favorite Nelly songs, the Tim McGraw. <laughs> that's it's a very listen. It's I have nothing song. against. I like yeah, it. I have nothing against the song, but he's yeah, just that's why it's like that. It's made for people like your mom to like. It's made for accessibility. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's people that don't even normally turn on the radio, bumping their motherfucking heads to this. He became hard. a pop star. He's not in the rap conversation for one of the. While Drake best still maintained himself in the rap conversation for, and he's gonna do that for a very long time until he wants to get up. Until he wants to get out. And then yeah. Drake, but Nelly is just like, yo, it's over, B. Like, it's over. He was like, yo, roll he this shit up. He was really like, when you looked at it, like, for his, like, span of time, it's like, he's really just like an up and down. It's not like a consistent, like, rise. Who? Well, Nelly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nelly, Nelly was like a lot of up and down. He had, I feel like he's, just, his trajectory just reminds me of pop star. It reminds me of just sort of some person who releases singles, but the albums are not really noteworthy besides country grammar. Which everyone wants to remind sold ten million records, but I, I mean, remember like two years ago. You know what? Ago, ten million records is a is an accomplishment. I remember two years ago. I'm on it YouTube, is an ex- and I see he yeah. dropped a video. He had like a hundred million views on it. Mm-hmm. Nelly, like he still was like gathering numbers from his country music type, whatever. I don't know what it is. It was probably that Florida Georgia it line. The, it was the Florida Florida thing. Yeah, that yeah. was because it was a country song <laughs> by a, a very popular country song. It was a top ten country song. I I I still. But it's just like, it's, it's, it's just screams pop star to me. Like, everything sort of screams pop he is star. A, I think when you reach that level, I think he is a pop star. And and Drake, in a sense, is reaching that way, but he never fully um, takes on the role as a pop star. Yeah, when you think he's went all the way, then he does a video. He does a video with, like, song. five naked girls in there, and he's 21 Savage, 21 throwing money savage. on the girls. And you're like, oh, he's still a rapper. He's still, because he, he still keeps the balance, right? Yeah. He still keeps the balance. A lot of rappers, what they do when they play themselves is that they think that um, when they get to a big enough level, they got to start making these big records, these big crossover records, mm-hmm. and appeal to pop radio. And then when pop radio says, which they do a long time because pop radios, as, pop radios as fickle as hip hop fans mm-hmm. are, they'll say that, oh, this record is a flop. And then it's like, what do you do now? What do you do now? Now you got a record that flopped. Now you got to run your ass back to hip hop where you're not respected anymore. Because, lost everything. Somebody yeah, already took your spot. Yeah, someone already took your spot. People, you're better off. I, the, the conversation for me is that it's Drake all the way just because it's, in a sense, it's not comparable. And I get the accomplishments of Nelly aren't to be just like trivialized because mm-hmm. 10 million records, that means you reach a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that first album, you, had a, you, you, you got a lot of money, swept a lot of cars down ass, all that type of shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you change culture with that. The, the fucking, you change Nelly transactions. Was, Nelly was the man. He was the man. Was I'm the not going to say that. I want to say that he wasn't the man for one he point. Was a, he was the man at a point like girls really liked him. Right, dudes liked his songs because like shit like tip drill and shit. Right, right. Like he really was the man at one point, but I wouldn't. I don't think what he's doing is comparable. Right, and never sustained. Songs. I don't think yeah. he sustained it to the level. And I think when you think of like, inf- I don't know, deflation in music in terms of just like 
how albums don't sell anymore mm-hmm. and just the way singles sell now. It's like I think it's more comparable than they think. I think the 100 billion streams for Drake's views is comparable to Nelly's 10 million albums sold. It's not the same thing because mm-hmm. it's like one is 16.99 for an album and this you can stream on Spotify for free. But in in the terms in terms of just the reach of both albums, I think it's it's pretty much close to the same. This is the equivalent of going diamond without being Adele, and I think Adele went super ultra mega diamond with her album, but it's you know, crazy. Different. I haven't listened to the whole Views album. Like, I don't know it's a good album, though. Cause every time I played it, I've never been, I, yeah, it's all right. I've never been like, oh, shit, I hate this. Honestly, my favorite Drake albums are... Uh, probably nothing was the same. Yeah, you mm-hmm. probably would. The one afterwards, which I think was If you're reading album. this, it's too late. I feel like that was his real album. That I was think, the real... I think yeah. that was the initial views I album. think that was the real views. I think something happened, and I don't know what happened. Something maybe happened. leaks or something, like, maybe, like... Those, remember, there was a whole big issue going on with... Yeah. The, the label And heads. it's like, he's trying to meet his quota of albums mm-hmm. for his contract. Right. Um smart. But those are my two favorite favorite Drake albums. I really think he did his thing and then Take Care afterwards. I think the discussion I actually did want to have was um, between the eras of music in terms of when you're comparing Drake and when you're comparing Nelly, you're comparing the 2000s to the, I guess, the aughts or whatever it's called now, 2010s, whatever. Mm-hmm. The aughts. You're, you're comparing the aughts in the 2000s and it's just like, I've been thinking, I'm like, yo, which era made, had sort of a bigger imprint on music? now is having a bigger imprint on music globally Mm -hmm. because now it's less district based it's like you're getting you're not getting certain records out of certain areas run dance stuff like that work yeah even on a world level like world music level like you people working reaching out to artists in london artists in africa mm -hmm. artists in jamaica nigeria all that i think that's just the general evolution of music but i feel like I don't know. I'm thinking of, like, the records in the 2000s. Yeah. Think of the runs in the 2000s, the 50 Cent runs. Um, it was the introduction of pop music into rap. Like, right. it's pop, pop, pop sensibilities and, like, pop ideas would just get integrated more into hip-hop because it just... It just gave a better feel to the music, and it made the music more accessible to people that didn't normally listen to hip hop. I think you talking about like the fandom, like how like you know that the Dipset fandom and the G Unit fandom. I haven't seen that yet. I will say that. Nah, I, yeah. There's a lot less clicks now. Yeah, I haven't seen the fandom like where people are like, oh snap, I gotta like wear the, all of this. Like, like the cultural, yeah, the, sort of um, like a cultural imprint. A cultural. ASAP was close. ASAP was, was close. close. Very. Close. I think he's. I think he's yeah. I think out of everyone, he's probably the closest because mm-hmm. there's no person out right now has had the influence on like fashion and like the vernacular and still with the music mm-hmm. and all that other stuff coming out of anywhere. On well, do I want to say that? Because him and Tyler, I think a lot the way people dress now mm. came off of him and Tyler. Right. Him and Tyler really supreme and all of that him, stuff. Him, Tyler, Yay, but Yay's sort of like Ye a filter. Of, he's yay, a filter. filter. He's sort of like a filter in between between mm-hmm. the fashion world and the music world. He'll be like, "Oh, I see. The I I met with people from Dior yesterday, and that this is what they're planning and looking at, and things like that." Right, but in the two thousands, where you had you had the Dipset, you had you had like every artist was getting their own shoe and their own clothing mm-hmm. line and things like that. And, it's a lot and it was making money. Yeah. Now it's like artists have to reach out to do those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Like Drake has to go way out of bounds and way out of pocket to say, hey, I'm making Jordans. Because <laughs> people just expect him to keep making music. Music. Like, does the. So I'm in, now I'm thinking like the quality of music. Mm hmm. Which one held up better, the 2000s or now? And we now, aren't. We aren't. Now has so much fluctuating quality. Mm-hmm. There was so much more control. Like, you had to really go to a studio. You might be able to email your vocals and shit like that, but you mm-hmm. really had to sit down and have. You're saying now, or you're saying the Back 2000s? Then. Back then. Back, Back then. Because yeah. now it's like people do everything on the go. People like like if you see Mike Dean on like in, on like Instagram, no matter what hotel he's in, he's carrying like a setup with him, like a laptop, a hard drive, things like that. But I feel like the music is a lot more raw now. Raw and robust, but that's because the technology is much there's more no, advanced. There's no filter. Like back then, like you, a machine was literally telling you what to listen to. Now it's like. It's out there. Everywhere. Like, it's and it everywhere. can come from anywhere. But I feel People like... You be listening to trash now. In like, a sense that, like... And it's still this way to an extent, mm-hmm. but it's just, like, a different wave of sort of feeling with it now. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, 
it felt more manufactured. When you feel, when you hear like it was certain artists and engineers it was, working on it. It not even sort of that. It was just like everything. They found the formula in late '99 with sort of Puffy and Biggie and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. It was like, okay, we're gonna drop a single for the streets, and then we're gonna drop a single for the girls. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially how it went for like the first seven years of the 2000s where it was like alright street girl street girl so you had Ja Rule had that shit perfect right 50 Cent was dropping ja um, in the club and and and, and 21 questions Wangsta, and then he did 21 questions Ja Rule was on top or at least close to being on top I mean nah I, I don't he know he had a good ass run he had a run but it was like if you called it on top it was like on top for like 6 months until the next Jay Z mm-hmm. album came out but he had a good run where it was just like capitalizing off of that and a lot of I'm listening to a lot of the 2000s music now because I created a lot of playlists for the 2000s mm-hmm. era. And it feels, when I compare th- that music in terms of how it was sort of manufactured and how the general feeling of the music, it feels less... Now it's like all the feelings that come from it are nostalgia. And I, it's not necessarily the raw feeling that I get when I listen to it in terms of just like now where it's like emotion, mm-hmm. like turn up. Like, you know, everything is sort of just catered more towards the feeling. Are you mm-hmm. listen to, I was listening to, what I was listening to? Shit. New Migos record today. Mm-hmm. The New Migos record, I think it's called Wait a Minute or something. What a piece, something. What's the price? Yeah, what's the price? I was listening to that and I was just like, whoa, this shit. Like, you, it makes you feel, the general feeling, it makes you feel a certain way where it's like records from 10 years ago, I think. Were just good records. It was just good records. Mm-hmm. But I think. It, obviously, those records were the basis for the records that come now. Mm-hmm. Of course. The the big sort of carryover from the 2000s to the 2010s now is like trap music. Mm-hmm. Like trap music when it was first introduced. And just like a different way of flowing, which mm-hmm. is credited to, I guess, the very, very end of the 2000s, which is Lil B. Um, like Lil B influenced so much. I think what Lil B really influenced is that raw shit. Yeah. Bro, I think Lil B was the one I was like, yo, if you just get the emotion out there, right. people are gonna like fuck with it. it like, don't... The personality comes out. Because right. now I feel like now more than music back then, there's like a personality. And I think that's where Dipset was so strong. Mm-hmm. They had they found a way to get their personality out. And that's just why the... they lasted so long. And the performance of the record too. Because yeah. it's just like, a lot of people don't get sort of that you can rap but if you can't, if the performance of you delivering this record is wrong, it's not going to work. And he sort of changed the way that records were sort of performed and by just the non-conventional, I'm rapping on the beat, I'm rapping this way, this way, this mm-hmm. way. He decided I was going to rap however and you were going to feel it nonetheless. And I think I hated it at the time. I hated it Yo, like a motherfucker. Sele- I always said his beat selection was always the best. He had always some crazy beats. You know? I hated that shit like a motherfucker. I know you did. I remember. I remember those days. <laughs> and Flash would be like, "Yo, how do you hate Lil B?" And Flash loved Lil B, and I was at that time I didn't get it because I was just like, at first, well, first I like before I was a hip hop fan, I was an R and B fan, so like that was before anything. But then like all after the fact when because hip hop just became way more interesting mm-hmm. and just have a longer shelf in the life now than the R and B songs that are releasing now. But I just felt like, wow, this guy is just like he's not even the standard of convent my ear can't necessarily process it mm-hmm. because of the way he's saying things. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like you have the thugs, you have the designers, little yachties, and little yachties. I think it's directly influenced, right? Yeah. Like that. It's like his seed. Did you see the fucking new thug video, Wyclef? Yeah, yeah that it's such an interesting concept because it's like a pop up video mm-hmm. style ass video. It's like whatever everything that went into the video and the music and the ideas and shit like that is very interesting. It's Yo, very you think it really spent a hundred thousand dollars on it? Yes, probably shit. not crazy money. Yeah, I, I, I've. From um, you pay the the actors, you pay the rentals. That's it. You pay the space for, and the only person that wasn't in the video was Thug, which mm-hmm. was hilarious. Th- that was a, that was a real life. Uh, t- sure, <laughs> not fine. No, you pick it up. They pick it up on the mic. That's why. Um, the the only thing that was that Thug that Thug not showing up to the actual video shoot was real as hell. I I heard about it a couple of months ago, from it was just like. He's not coming out because apparently, like, that was the day his... Instagram the, got hacked. Yeah, the Instagram got hacked and his girlfriend's titties and ass got shown all over his gram. So he just wouldn't perform the video. And I think it was a great concept by the director. Yeah, he saved the show. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a, that's sort of like the next, the another level in terms of the 2000s versus 2000, the aughts, mm-hmm. where it's just like the the fourth wall is essentially broken. Mm-hmm. People know about sales. People know how how to mark mark how marketing artists go. Mm-hmm. People can understand whether it's authentic or not, or whether it's being marketed to them. People know. People are in the know because of social media and just general knowledge throughout music by the internet mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. And whereas I, it's like where the two thousands were just like wrestling, where it, ever where people thought it was you know real, mm-hmm. and here is it now where people just sort of knows everything is going and this is entertainment. This is all now about who can deliver the most quality record, right. and who can just you know, I don't know, yeah, just deliver the quality record and produce something with it's general like, feeling. It's so like it's different in a sense because it's like before. Like and now, like some celebrity rapper, like a big one, came out and gave a rapper a cosign. Right, people wouldn't aren't gonna listen to the record as they would last. Like I think like two thousands, like if Timberland came out and said, "Yo, I got Tink." Right, I think Tink becomes the hottest thing in two thousands. Absolutely. Now he says, "Listen to Tink." No one's listening to Tink because Timberland is saying it. They're like, is it's not. They don't feel it's authentic. Right. That loss of our, like that genuine feeling of discovering the artist now mm-hmm. is more important. Than the music, almost in a sense, it's like people want to feel like, oh, my friend put me onto this, right. or oh, I was on the internet and I seen this, or I just heard this song in the radio. That becomes more important now because everyone knows what's going on. They know right. they know the machine is working. Right. So. So I say this now, in the transitioning about inauguration day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, the setup. You didn't know that was coming. <laughs> in terms of just like, with all this thought in mind. How did this sort of, because I'd say there's a different level of thinking now as opposed to how many years ago. When did you start sort of really taking music seriously? The sinking aspect, three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. And just now, sort of, when did you get to the point where you understood that, like, this is bigger than just making music. This is more about, like, this. everything has got to take into account the delivery the look, the promotion, the way you, the artwork, everything. When did you? It was conversations. I'm not gonna lie. It was conversations with you. I had conversations with um, what's this dude's name? Castro. You know Castro's right. Work yeah. for App um, thing. He's the one who did the Work flyers. Magazines. Yeah, he did the flyers for. Oh yeah, Shout yeah, out yeah, to yeah. Castro. Shout out to Castro. Shout out. Yeah. Um, it was just I was talking to people and I had this scene where people, where what people were nitpicking at me, which mm-hmm. I thought was nitpicking. Then I realized. I need to make sure that's folk that's handled so that the only thing right. people could criticize me on is the music. 100%. So I had to make sure everything else is perfect so people are like, the music is trash or I don't like this song. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to be like, oh, it's this I don't like or that. I want people to be like, oh, I don't like this song. Right. So mm-hmm. that's when I was like, I got really into it and I was like, all right, I got to start focusing it. So once I got my sound right, right. and I knew mm-hmm. what people liked, then I was able to focus on that stuff. So when did you start sort of recording Inauguration Day and, and just... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead with that, and I'll follow up with yeah, it. Yeah, it, it was when I did Used to Do. Honestly, when I put it out, that was a year or two ago, when I put Used to Do out, and I seen how people were reacting to the record, I was like, all right, I know where my, my sauce is. I was like, that's my sauce. And I was like, all right, cool. And I took it off the internet, and I was like, I'm going <laughs> to just build everything around that. I'm going to uh-huh. make a video for it. I'm going to just build my whole thing around that and just make music. I'm going to make all my weirdo stuff in it, mm-hmm. but I know where Me my too. sauce is, where I'm going to connect to people right. the most. The records like hashtag, talk about the weirdo stuff. Hashtag weirdo stuff. Yeah, talk sauce. about the weirdo stuff because a lot of your records in the beginning and people who may not have heard it before, well, yeah. I think people may have sampled it before because mm-hmm. you've also produced, you're a producer as well, and you yeah. produce for the underachievers mm-hmm. on their various projects. Mm-hmm. But talk about the weirdo stuff in terms of just like, what do you that what do you attribute that to and what is necessarily the weirdo stuff? It was like, Grown, I didn't start listening to hip hop until I was like 13, 14. So mm-hmm. I feel you. The okay. music, yeah. The music I started listening to was, was like, my mom was playing classic music, so like Yanni, a lot of Haitian music. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to Coldplay, Linkin Park. I went through that rock phase, all of us went through. Yeah, I think Lincoln, a lot of us. Yeah, all of us went through that. I was, that's where all my first, and then 13, 14, like I got enlightened by hip hop. Right. And that's when I started listening to hip hop more. Jay Z, Kanye, Timbaland was my favorite producer at one point. Timbaland, is, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. Yeah. I feel like he, 
And what I've discovered, not discovered recently, but just like it's just been popping in my head most recently, is that he's like responsible for the transitions between that 90s music and that millennium sort of feel mm-hmm. to it in terms of just like Absolutely. everything that's sort of these obtuse, very, you know, different futuristic sounds Sound, yeah. that's been incorporated you know in the music. what it is? It's his love of world music. Mm-hmm. Because like the Aaliyah record, like are you that somebody? That's that like that rhythm is like a two step in garage thing, and it's like a like a rhythm you find in grime and shit like that. So he's always because like, he's always been going out. And he's, yeah, he's and it's like always to listening out. to other mm-hmm. records. Like you know how people would just go through crates and sample like other hip hop records or old soul records or old blues records. This nigga, went to India. this nigga <laughs> would take like like random like like. Bollywood, Bollywood soundtracks. soundtracks and like like samples of like just like flutes and shit like that. Things people weren't thinking of. That song mm-hmm. with Neo and um Fat what's that song again? Neo and a bet bet make yourself better. What's that song? You yeah. make me better. Yeah, you make me better. Like that song, Fabulous. that sample. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sample, that's that's a Timbaland sample. I don't even think he produced that record. I think his protege produced it. Danger? Yeah. So Danger that's is like, tough, too, Danger man. is tough, too. So. Danger is tough. Uh, by the way, the Fabulous Make Me Better record does not hold up. <laughs> it does not hold Just, just And it's not even like a slight of Fabulous, because like, I don't hate Fabulous as much as Carlos does. But, yeah, I hate that nigga. <laughs> but it's like, it doesn't hold up as not strong. But back to, the, back to the weird shit. What do you attribute as sort of the weird shit in your music? Cause you had, I remember you had like this very sort of Euro, 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 voyeuristic mm-hmm. sort of sound, where it's just like very journeyman, like spacious sound stuff, right? Yeah, some shit that just like it gets in there and it expands within the room, and it's just like it's like a, it's like a, I got that from my Coldplay did that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I like eighty music, '80s music, so like Stevie Nicks records, they always had this like. It's like a train is moving. Like you feel like a train is coming, and right. it's like you feel the train is coming, and then it comes. Mm-hmm. I always like that aspect of music. Coldplay does that. It's like you feel it coming. Right. And you feel the rumble mm-hmm. coming, but it doesn't come in like a regular. You know how an EDM record comes, and you know the. It's like there's a drop and a build. Yeah, up. it's not mm-hmm. like that. It's like this slow, like it's gearing you up, and then it comes, and it's like, like mad euphoric and stuff. Then when did you reach the point where you're just like, all right. Some of these songs aren't necessarily working. I had to get realistic with myself. I was like, yo, um, if I can't find myself in the music, like, I could find, if I can't find a lane for myself in the music industry, then I shouldn't do it. Right. And I was like, yo, where can I be myself right. and fit? And then, like I said, used to do was like, to me, was the perfect. It was where I found myself and mm-hmm. where I fit. Because I made that song out of like pure me. Like, it wasn't too much strategic behind it, it was just right. pure me. And I was like, oh, this works. Right. And I was like, I know how to redo it. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. It's a very, me. like, contemporary feel, but it's also very you as yeah, well. Yeah, it's very me at the same time. And I was like, all right, I know I can do this now because that's a record that could connect to people and it connects to me as well. Let's see. Inauguration Day. Mm-hmm. Why Inauguration Day? Um, Is it the obvious? It's not. It was like a mix. Do what happened was we, I had a different album title, Emotionless. Mm-hmm. But we were like, me and my team, we spoke. It's like my first one. They don't think it should be the emotionless one. I should do something more relatable. Then we were just looking up beginnings. Right. And then we thought about, I seen an inauguration. I was like, oh, my birthday's coming. I wanted to drop it on my birthday. My birthday's on inauguration day. I was like, yo, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And I said, I put the name out. I was like, yo, this sounds perfect. And I just started email sending it to friends. I was like, what you think about that? They're like, yo, this sounds dope. Is that inauguration album? days are pretty dope first. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dope first. I was like, yo, this is smooth. And I'm surprised you took your time with this, cause it's just like a lot of a lot of artists, and it, and it and it took a lot of self realization to be able to take your time with this, cause it's just like a lot a lot of artists start and then they're like, all right, I'm about to drop this project. They've just started rapping, just in general, don't mm-hmm. quite know the sort of the music and how it works and how to catch people's ears, but they're like, you know, what? I'm dropping a tape, whatever, and everyone's got to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you took your time and you sort of had that development. Did you did you not feel sure about dropping something last year or the year before? Did um, you always want to drop something before? I always something, but, like, the model, the first model I had, which I think is almost outdated, was that, because I've seen it with the underachievers, it was like, you don't put something out until people want it. Mm-hmm. So everything, I, I, every song I put out, to me, was like a test market. It was like finding out, like, if I make a record like this, do people like it? Right. Or they don't like this one? All right, so I won't make too much records like this. Mm-hmm. And then... 
I started seeing people commenting on stuff and liking certain things about my music. And I was like, oh, I think I'm ready mm-hmm. to do this. Like, if I put something good to people, they might actually accept it if I put, like, good quality together. Right. Then I put the videos out, and then, you know, I felt it was time. I felt like it was time. Like, the tape almost didn't even get finished. Maybe, like, four, the tape literally got finished, like, maybe three, four days before I released it. Like, wow. I was still going back and forth. Even... Was it before the the release party or before the release party? I was going back and forth with the engineer like three a.m. Going back because there's just certain things that me and him weren't seeing eye to eye on. He wasn't getting correct, so I had to like go there. I would spend like I'd stay there for eight hours, go home, have to work in on myself, mm-hmm. and then it was like almost the the timing was almost more important than the music to me. So I had to get the music ready for the timing. It was like I just felt it was time to put it out, and I had to get everything ready. I had the songs ready. You know, the first song on it, I made that song. That's probably one of the first songs I ever recorded. That was like four years ago. The Ride I Know? The Ride by itself. The Ride? Yeah, by itself was the first one I did. Um, which song do you want to play off of here? I, I, I have my favorites. You want to play Petty? I like Petty. I, I like, like Club Petty. I like Club Petty. I like Brown Water. Yo, I'm glad you like Brown Water. People don't like Brown Water as much. I don't know <laughs> nah, why. I like, I like it. I feel it. I like Brown Water. I feel it because I like the aesthetic. All right, wait. Well, first of all, the story behind Brown Water. Why the name? Because the Brown Water. That's the Henny. It's a That's the sauce, nigga. Gotcha. It's uh, like the, it's like the be, like it's like the beginning of the party. If you look at it, the way I had it kind of set up, mm-hmm. it's like the club petty, the club, and then me. I want to be talking to the girl. Sure. And brown water is like me getting drunk. Like that's when mm-hmm. I get into the wild side, and I think I'm wavy. Is me realizing I'm drunk. So brown water. Was I think like, I'm wavy. Is probably my joint right now. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that one a lot. I think I'm wavy is like probably the one that I've been playing on repeat for quite a couple days now. Yeah, I like that. I like that record a lot. Um, let's get into Club Petty. We're gonna we're gonna do. We don't usually play things because we're not a radio show. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna do this just for you. Nah, fuck all that. We usually do play things. Yeah, we play something. <laughs> so, um, but um, we go we gonna play Club Petty because this is when I first heard this song. In terms of just how I feel about this song, I knew it was a winner mm-hmm. just from the hook alone. I was just like, this is this is genius in a way that's like. It's obvious and it's not corny. It's not corny. Yeah. All right, let's. You got your finger on the button, Carlos. So let's get in the let's get in the club petty right now. Oh yeah, 
That was Club Petty. That was Club Petty by Lono Bristol. Yo. Tears look like confetti. Yo, that's a great hook, man. I've, yeah, I, I think a lot of people like are like on the college rap scene, and like this is one thing that gets me very agitated is like they never work on the hook. Mm-hmm. The hook is very important. Like just as much as you have to have bars in your verse or whatever the fuck you want or however you want to structure a song, you have to have the chorus be something that's gonna have people go, "Shit, I this shit is stuck in my head." And it mm-hmm. takes a level of songwriting to reach that. A level of a level just like another level of songwriting because i know with a lot of just like hip-hop artists it's just like all right the hook is the same thing over and over, over. where it's just like you know but man the songwriting on this we played um club petty i also want to get into used to do before we we dip out of here because i know this podcast is extending very very long <laughs> no nah, 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 we just getting close to the hour mark but, we're not even like all right, cool. Um, <laughs> then we got we got some time, but I want to play used to do, cause like this was the first record I heard, but I was just like, do got it, <laughs> you got it, you got it, you got it. I can't even like I've the 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 record is still on my phone, like the original record with the original artwork with the original thing. I think I think I asked you for a copy of it, but I probably would have ripped it off of SoundCloud anyway, but. This was the song where I was just like, all right, he got it. Because it's like, it takes a level, I don't know, just explain sort of the, the like, the feeling in that song. Oh, I'm not going to play it now. It was like, it. when I was making it, it was like, I was when I was making the beat, I forgot what song I heard before this. I had heard a certain song, but it was like, I was trying to make a strip club record that was a sad song and I was like this song bounds both it was like a sad song because the way it sounded like he's crying to get his girl back but I could see girls at the club for like oh this is hard like at the, the bartender like shaking her eyes and shit right. to the song at the same time it's a great song man um used to do is do you by the way you produce everything on this yeah everything everything completely completely have you ever had thoughts of collaborating or not at this point I do because it would make the workflow faster because a lot of the, like, for example, like Club Petty, mm-hmm. I didn't, it took me like two months to finish it because I would start it. It's weird. Like, I would start out making a beat, then the words come. Right. And I have to get the words out. Then I get the words out and I'm, I'll am i sit there for like an hour just playing it and be, then I'm tired and I can't finish the song. And it's, and, and it's not because I can't finish the words, it's because I have to finish the beat. Right. So, and it's hard to get back from songwriting to the producer mode, and I have to jump back in. Like, I have to get re-inspired again maybe a month down the line and do it. What's going to used to do? Um, this record is this the single now. It's the single that's been moving for a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's already got a video. If you have not seen it, use YouTube. It's your friend. Um, or follow Lono Bristol. Where do we at on the social media? L-O-N-O-B-R-I-S-T-O-L on everything. Or follow Lono Bristol. Regular spelling, right? I remember when mm-hmm. you were Mr. Bristol and you had to put the zero, zero in for zero. the O. Oh, there's a zero for my SoundCloud. That's it. My SoundCloud has a zero in it. And a little tiny cross. Not- <laughs> <laughs> little tiny cross. And they go on his show, Michael. This is a, a... little tiny cross. But it is what it is. Let's get into used to do. One more record. Mm-hmm. Let's go.
That was used to do by uh, Lono Bristol. Yo, we sound like nope. those midnight, yeah, like late after night, hours, after hours smooth. That was used jazz. to do by Lono Bristol. <laughs> by Bleeding Gums the, Murphy. F- the phone lines are open. <laughs> Place your request now. <laughs> but bro, I'm very, very proud of you for this project. I'm very, and... very proud because you came a long way. When I first met Bristol, we was in math class together, and man, you remember Destina? Destina. Destina, yeah. the Haitian math teacher? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where we like met. Like a banana? Mm-hmm. Something, yeah. He used to say that shit all the time. Like, you would get big bicycle. Yeah. That nigga is very Haitian. <laughs> that shit was where Matt That was pre-cow? Yeah, boy. That was pre-cow. We was in there together, and you was trying to... Remember, you was always wanted to scoop the Asian joint that was in the back, always in her pajamas, but she oh, was just yeah. mad. She was too wild. Yeah. <laughs> she was like... Nigga was like, yo, you live in the dorm? She was like... Um, I'm coming all the way from Queens. He's like, but she got pajama bottoms on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that Yo, shit was funny. It's crazy how you saying this shit. I remember it now. Nah, I remember it perfectly. I, I remember, remember that was the class when I realized, Yo, I got to drop out. That's very, yeah. <laughs> you, I remember him telling me, like, Yo, 
I don't think I'm a. I don't think I'm a fuck with this school shit. I'm gonna just yeah, I got to I just not realize, and then I went to the dean. Yo, the dean. It was when he, he was the one that made me realize because I was lying to myself. I was like, yo, man, it's because I'm not really into engineering. I was like, I'm into psychology. He was like. Well, let's look at your psychology grades. And I had like a C minus, a C plus. He's like, to me, it looks like you just don't want to be here. I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm coming back because I went there to get back into it. He said, right. like, yo, I'll put you back if you want. I was like, you know what? I don't think I should come back. And I just didn't come back afterwards. Mm. Very lit in terms of making <laughs> a decision on your own. But I, I nah, I, I completely, I respect it from that standpoint and just like knowing your strength. And it was like, all right, this is where I'm going to pursue. And if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And you've essentially done it. Like, you've, you're not, you know, you're not big time, like, you know, out here selling out things, but you're on your way there. And you got to the point where you're just like, if I'm not going to do this and I'm going to do what I love, I'm going to do it to the highest quality I can or focus all I can. And you sort of, I've seen you invest, grow, invest money in this, which a lot of people, yo, niggas is scared. A lot of people are so scared to do. I've seen you just try things and then fail and then pick up and then just like now it's the final release of this inauguration day project and it's finally here and I think everybody should go at least listen to it once. Listen to I Think I'm Wavy even if you just do it for me because I think that song is so fire. Um, and you know, it's just, we here man. This is this has been good. Yeah man, it's a long time coming. Man. This has been good. This has been a long time coming. We've been talking about this since the start of the podcast and it just took the timing. Mm-hmm. And if the timing took 97 episodes to do this, we finally here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it is what it is. But, you know, I got I got nothing else to say, man. Listen, Lono Bristol inauguration day is available literally everywhere. Get that. Title, Spotify, Apple Music. Title's taking mad long. Title taking mad long. It should be there though soon, but It'll Spotify, be there eventually. ITunes. Yeah, it'll be there like a couple Spotify, of Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. SoundCloud, DatPiv, mm-hmm. Spinrilla. They finally gave me an invite. Thank oh. Because they were being wrong with me. They wouldn't give me an invite. They finally don't be it. shady on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, for real. Listen, no, don't be shady because that shit, that shit comes back to you, nigga. This, this is called... This is called... He's just, he's just yeah, getting what history. he deserves. <laughs> he's just mm-hmm. getting what he deserves. They'll be like, yo, back in this podcast, you said Nelly was as good as Drake, boy. Yeah, see, niggas are at I'm be looking at Nelly like... Yo, man. <laughs> what happened? Like, what am I supposed to say? Like, this is what I feel. Like, you you make a jillion dollars a year. Like, what are you worried about? Yeah, what I, I have to say? I didn't call you broke, bro. I say you good. You <laughs> <lit>. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, this has been episode 97 of the Two Bells Podcast as we trek closer to the road to 100. Um, we'll be road back next 100. week. Thank you, Lono. Lono Bristol. Thank you for having oh, me. Oh, word. There's through. one thing I wanted you to clarify before you go. Sure. Like all the name changes. Oh, the name changes. This nigga been Con Bristol, Lono Bristol, <laughs> Mr. Bristol, Bristol Clean. Like, <laughs> nigga been a lot of different shit. So, Mr. Bristol was like, I feel like that's my producer phase. Yeah. I had to move away from that. So, I just looked up like gods of music, and it was like Hawaiian god of music is called Lono Alano. I was like, all right, Lono Bristol. Not Lono even Bristol. Hawaiian, nigga. Lono Bristol. God, god of music. <laughs> Listen. Bristol. Here's the thing I learned from, um, I guess, what Frank Ocean said applying to his name change. If it looks good on a magazine, it's going to work. So Lono Bristol looks damn good. Yeah, it's real even. That's what it is. Look at that. All that symmetry. There's a first name. There's a last name. People can call you Bristol. People can make up their own. the same consonant. It's very easy. Something along those lines. So, you know what? We're here. Um, Yeah, episode 97, Two Bells Podcast. We see you guys next week. Next week, getting closer to 100. Peace. We out here.